Hi, and welcome to Manipause Manipod. And today we have a very special guest and somebody that I've known for almost 40 years, but we're dating it really like 35. Um, Mark Fournier is a three-time Emmy Award-winning filmmaker. He's a poet, he's an author, he's a life coach, and he's a friend for so many years. And so we'd like to welcome him to talk about this program that he has come up with, that he has invented, that is amazing. It's called Limitless. And Mark, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Good to see your face this Saturday morning. Yes. <laughs> and well, you too, Larry. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice to nice to meet you, Mark. And I'm Thanks, sure uh, we're going to see a lot more of you as we do more of these podcasts. But uh, just for our audience' sake, I mean, I did some review of your life, and you have not had an easy life uh, between uh, you know parents divorcing, alcoholic fathers, some uh, medical problems you've had to deal with, including cancer and neuromuscular issues, uh, some business failures. It's the kind of thing that some people might look at as an American tragedy. And yet you have become extremely successful. You've become a very well-known and uh, honored life coach. Uh, and you've helped people deal with uh, building their lives, even if there are failures. And today, one of the things we're gonna be talking about is leading this limitless life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how from that background, you got to where you are. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Um, obviously an awesome question. And it's uh, first thing I should say is it presupposes that, uh, that I had a, a more difficult life than anyone else uh, listening in since difficulty is a highly subjective. Uh, and in fact, the first lines in the book, The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck is life is difficult. I hated that book at first. I wouldn't read it because I thought, well, that's depressing. That's a downer. And then the whole, the whole Buddhist religion is, uh, is life is pain and suffering. And I just kept thinking, I'm not going there. Uh, but after I got older, I started to say, you know, it's, it is difficult. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. They were right. right. And, uh, and, and what finally occurred to me was um, difficulty. Uh, we assume at first glance that that's a bad thing, but uh, how many of us have taken on an event or an activity uh, intentionally that would be deemed difficult, whether it's playing sports, uh, climbing mountains, uh, any number of things, uh, choosing to be uh, a surgeon? Uh, there, hmm. None of us got from where we started to where we are without, uh, without our share of difficulties. Uh, so, so what I love to say is your life is going to be difficult no matter what you do. The question is, Will it be difficult and fulfilling or will, you, will it be difficult and uh, uh, devastating? Will you view it from the eyes of a victim or uh, will you take on each one and, and embrace it? So I was blessed to uh, have a mom who's actually incredibly enlightened. And she put uh, psychocybernetics in my hands at the age of 12, uh, thinking grow rich. And then the next year I bought uh, um, uh, Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret, and I was off and running and, and very quickly learned that uh, it's not, and, you know, and, and not to be too cliche, but it's not what happens to you, it's what you do with it. And so uh, it, it soon became apparent to me that it's all up here. Uh, the challenges are, you know, they're speed bumps. Uh, it, I have what I call a, um, uh, a filter, 
an opportunity mindset. So um, normally something happens and then we have a filter that says, okay, here it comes. Oh, that's a problem. That's bad. That's not okay because that's not what I planned. And then we get to feel however we feel with that story. I replace that with an opportunity mindset. So when it hits that filter, it says, oh, cool. So where's the silver lining? How can I use this? Uh, how can I take advantage of it? Classic Musk, uh, Elon Musk has an opportunity mindset. And so you can instill that. And I'll take a break there and let you. <laughs> well, I, I have a question to ask you. It's not actually a question. It's, it's, it's a thought. And it's something that you put in my mind 25 years ago when you said, look, I, when I approach a problem, I get into a room and it's, it's no longer a problem. I am not leaving that room unless I turn a negative into a positive. I have to do that. That is my goal for a problem solving uh, situation. I have used that over and over and over again, because the first time I tried it, I never, I, I couldn't get out of the room without turning it into a positive. And it's weird is you can take those thoughts and you, you as you say, you, you've written, you live in your mind, right? What, what exactly is that, that you live in your mind? Oh my gosh, I love it. I love that you've asked that. And I'll segue off the, uh, the problem uh, mindset, the opportunity mindset is I actually teach uh, uh, creative problem solving and say the two most powerful questions in the world are, uh, what's great about this? And, and that so assumes that there is something great about everything. So you ask the question and the subconscious goes to work. The other is, how can I, not can I fix this? Can I find a way out? But how can I? Again, that assumes that there's a way. And so your brain kind of runs down that path. And so, um, so in terms of we live in the mind, which is actually a quote by Wallace Stevens, uh, it comes down to... Um, uh, let's start with an, another quote from Epictetus, which was penned thousands of years ago. And it was that uh, men are not disturbed by the things that happen, but rather by their opinion of the things that happen, which supports the concept that we live in the mind. And really, in a nutshell, what that means is there's life. There's a life. Uh, there are facts like a tree is a fact, but we can't experience a tree as a tree, what we experience is how we see the tree, our perception. It's like putting a lens on. Uh, if you put on a, a wide angle lens, you won't see the tree, you'll see a whole forest. And the tree is a part of that. You put on a, a telephoto lens, you won't see the tree, you'll see a bluebird sitting on a branch. Same tree, but how you see it defines the experience. It defines your reality. And so, Ultimately, because we are incapable of experiencing the world around us as it is in its objective, factual format, we only are able to experience it based on the way our subjective, our interpretations, the stories we've written about it and so on. It really means that, although not physically, technically, in terms of our experience, we live in the mind because that's where it all happens. Everything around you you don't know a thing about it until you've processed it. And so as, as, huge. as we get older, uh, like our audience, and <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you're 50 or 70, uh, life is changing. And life is changing sometimes in a scary way. If you're 50, you're worried about, oh, I'm going to be retiring. 
or am I going to be forced out? And this is all I've ever known. What am I going to do? And it becomes this dark cloud kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the issue then becomes, you know, how do you view that fear? Uh, you know, I kind of think of it like bullying. You know, people get, can get convinced by other people that they're worthless or ugly or whatever, right. because for some reason they allow that to affect their own reality. Yeah. Whereas pushing back on that and saying, I don't give an F what you think. I know I'm not that. So if you're getting older and it's like, well, I've got this young person biting at my ass to get my job. It's like, I've got all this experience. I'm going to kick their butt, right? So yeah. it, it, some of it has to do, I think, with, with this perspective that you're talking about. And so as our audience, which is getting older, looks at life ahead, what kind of advice do you give them in terms of trying to keep that positive notion in their heads? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's another great question. Uh, something I, I have this thing I call the cycle of reality, and it breaks down how we create reality, how we create it in our mind. And the first step in the cycle of reality is, is focus. And so it, depending on what you focus on, it will determine the rest of it, self-talk and stories and, and, and beliefs and so on. Um, and it will create either a positive feedback loop or a negative feedback loop, depending on if that focus is of a positive nature or a, a negative nature. And, and why that's important, just like you know, focusing on the bluebird in the tree makes it feel really great. Pull way, way back and you'll notice behind the tree, behind the forest is this looming storm cloud that's slowly rolling in. And that just ruins your picnic. The cloud won't be here for an hour, but you're freaked out over the picnic, over the storm, instead of enjoying this beautiful bluebird, uh, all based uh, on what you've chosen to focus on. And uh, uh, I don't know if you remember, there's, there's a, a group called the Passing Zone. They've got all the world Guinness Book of World Records. They're the jugglers who use the chainsaws and the watermelon <laughs> and amazing, entertaining guys. And I was doing a big seminar. It was an all-day event. They brought them in for the, uh, 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 for the intermit or for their lunch entertainment. And these guys have been on every late night show you can think of. And they do their gig. And they're at one point, they're juggling like 15 pins in the air. And I had just finished saying, the beauty of focus is you can only focus on one thing. <laughs> and so you can either, you know where that's going, you can either focus on what's wrong or what's right, what's missing in your life or what's present, what's great or what's bad. Um, uh, Shakespeare wrote, nothing is good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. And so depending on which of those perceptions or perspectives you've taken, so long story short, they go and now, they're, they're throwing 15 pins in the air. Well, uh, during the admit, the intermission, I pulled them to the side and go, you guys are killing me. You just blew my entire presentation that you can only focus on one thing. And they laughed and said, no, you, it's true. And I said, well, how can that be? You guys are throwing 15 pins at a time. And they stood about, I don't know, 20, 30 feet apart. And they said, watch. And the one guy took the pin in his right hand and he said, you're imagine, imagining a spot right there halfway between us. And I know if I hit that spot, it's going to land in his left hand. And he does the same thing with another spot. And so that pin just lands in my hand. I keep hitting that spot. And he keeps hitting that spot. And we're focusing on that one spot. He said, if either one of us loses focus for a second, all 15 pins will fall. So it actually ended up. Uh, verifying that. And I went out there with the pins and tried to do it, but 
was a disaster. I even put on one of their tutus, but it didn't help. But so, so we begin by saying, what is it that you want? What do you want your life to look like? What are the possibilities? And let's begin to focus on that instead of what so many people do is to focus on what they don't want. Well, I don't want to be homeless. I don't want to be struggling and working until I'm 85. I don't want to be decrepit. I don't want all these things. Well, neither do I. They may or may not happen, but they're not happening this moment. So what are you going to focus on that makes right. this moment a, a wonderful experience? And your life will build in the direction that you're focusing on. Whew. Long answer to wow. a short Okay, so, and you read a lot. Man, I'm impressed. You can quote just about every book you've ever read. That, that's awesome. Um, I, let me ask you something. Um, the, what is so great about the limitless mind? I mean, seriously, where does that go? And yeah. are we too old to have that mindset? Or is it is it for the younger generation? Or are we good over 50? Oh, we well, remember who you're asking, right? The, the limitless coach. <laughs> So, so I'm 65 and I plan to be kicking it for another 40 years, maybe longer. I mean, there are all sorts of new cool things in the works. So if I take care of this machine long enough, they may come up with more body, more replacements, although I've replaced them. Well, at least your head. They can keep your head alive, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, your consciousness. Right. Uh, so um, uh, so the, the idea is A, every age. And, and I have two massive groups. One are boomers because I'm 65. So obviously I relate to boomers and, and the fringe Gen Xers. And suddenly the, the Gen Z and millennials have jumped into the fray. And, and I ended up with a huge following in that department because they're hungry and they're thirsty and they want more. The boomers are like, hey, can you keep it from getting too horrible any sooner than it has to be? <laughs> so, so the answer is... Um, I love cliches. You know, we tend to just roll our eyes. That's a cliche. I've heard that before. Well, it's a cliche because it's so true that it's lasted, endured thousands of years. So what I say is, if you do nothing but live according to the most pow powerful or popular cliches on earth, you'll have a pretty decent life. And one of them and is anything we can conceive and believe we can achieve. And that's been around for years. Plenty of folks have taken credit, uh, Henry Ford, you name it. Um, but if, but break that down. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great for a sales meeting, but now break it down. Anything we can conceive. All right. What is the human mind capable of conceiving? Go ahead and take a stab at that. What would you say we could conceive? Are, are there limits to what we can conceive? Well, you know, you brought up Elon Musk, you know, when we were kids and we watched all these sci-fi shows, we saw rockets landing on a pad after, you know, after having been in space, right? Sure. And for years and years and years, it was like, that could never happen. Well, Elon Musk said, yeah, Ken, we can reuse that rocket. Yeah. And sure enough, he's got these boosters landing right where he wants them to land, even out on the ocean with pinpoint thing. accuracy, right? Yeah. Boy, talk about a dream that he made come true. Yeah. And somebody thought of that, which yeah. is, if you think about it, whatever your definition of God might be, I can't help but think that one of the most outstanding, uh, unique attributes of God or a universal deity would be uh, uh, that we'll just say God has the ability to create anything from thin air. That's sexy stuff. But guess what? So do we. 
that idea, that rocket landing on reusable rocket landing on that pad, somebody thought of it. They conceived it from thin air. And we can look around the room, everything in this room, somebody thought of. So I think it's reasonable to say that, that, that we, there's nothing we can't think of. So bingo, limitless. The mind is, a, is limitless in its capacity to conceive. So we start right there. Number two is, so anything we can conceive and believe, well, believe, the truth is we do what we believe. Um, the guys who flew those planes into the Twin Towers believed that they were ridding the world of, uh, uh, of a scourge. They believed that we were evil and that they were uh, heroes and that they would be rewarded for it. And sure enough, they took their own lives and did all sorts of crazy things because they believed that. So belief isn't far behind con conceive. We can conceive anything and we can clearly believe almost anything as well. How do you believe it is you look for evidence that it's true. And Goethe wrote, we, we see what we're looking for. So once the thought's there and you find enough evidence that it's possible, now it's belief. Well, anything we can conceive and believe, we can achieve. That's why it's so important to get this idea that we live in the mind because that means that you are truly a limitless being because there's nothing you can't conceive and believe. So it, you know, it, it creates an infinite number of possibilities for all of us. Yeah. There's also wow. a, there's also a, um, uh, more, uh, uh, rational and, uh, and believable theory that, you know, we don't know much about the brain, but we do know that it's, there's a bunch of the brain we're not using. And when you look at examples of people that have a head injury and all of a sudden they can speak fluid French when they never did, or you look at a two-year-old that can play guitar without having any um, uh, guidance or, or lessons. And you, and you think about that and you say, wait a minute, all that ability, all that talent, all that creativity is already in there. And yeah. in some people, it's easily accessible because whatever genes are necessary are turned on. So a kid can play the piano or guitars or pick up languages very easily, whereas maybe I can't, right? Yeah. But it's there. And so the question is, can you access that if you think appropriately or at least believe that with the assets that are turned on in my head, I can make some of my dreams come true? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something that as we do some of these other podcasts with you and we dive more deeply into specifics rather than this really nice general overview of what you do has been about, I think we can really get into the weeds on this with, with our audience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I love that you're bringing that, trying to tie that into how can our audience use this? Because what's the point if this is just an ethereal conversation and abstract point of reference and they go, wow, learn some cool stuff. Right. I have no interest in just sharing information. I want to change lives permanently. And so mm -hmm. we've got to give them ways to apply this. Yeah. And so there's a perfect question of, you know, of course you're talking about in some cases, the idiot savant syndrome uh, uh, with uh, autistic children. And then the question is, but does it have to come with the idiot component? Do you have, is it possible to have the savant side and Right. And, and we and see so, that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my case, yeah. I, I needed, I can't, it came with the idiot and the savant, <laughs> which would explain to all of my political friends who voted differently from, from me when they say, you know, how could you possibly have voted that way? And I just say, idiot, savant, man. 
<laughs> you know, pick whichever one you believe in. I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah. I, I also say they can tell me anything they want about their opinion as long as they end the sentence with, and I could be wrong. You don't get a lot of people agreeing to that, but it's sure a great way to keep them open. So anyhow, think of it like this. Does that savant uh, element really need to be that you can do a Jimi Hendrix rip at the age of three without lessons? Or could it be that uh, genius is, uh, is also subjective? The, the genius within us, I call it. And, and asking the question, well, what's my genius? Let genius be, what's that thing? that makes me special, makes me unique? What is that thing that sets me apart from just any old person walking along? And by asking it that way, what is my genius? Not do I have one? Again, Goethe, we, we, you start looking for it. And for some, your genius may be simply the ability to comfort others. Uh, it may be, you may have a super high EQ and your ability to, to, to listen uh, actively listen in a way that causes others to, uh, to, to feel heard. It may be, I love this line, if somebody ever comes up to me and says, I like myself best when I'm with you because I love seeing myself through your eyes. That's hmm. a genius. If you can, if people can see uh, their greatness and their possibilities through you, that's a genius. So, so let's not let it be it needs, that it needs to be a, a superhero thing that it's going to end up right. on a, in a Marvel uh, uh, flick. It, it could be just this tiny little thing about you that everybody loves that you could build on that and you could build a whole life with, on, on just one unique right. attribute. So, Mark, you know, this is so interesting. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you, please, please. Everyone well, cuts me off. Before we wrap this up, um, I just wanted to find out you're, you're a, a coach. Uh, a yeah. personal coach, and I want to find out your website is the limitlesscoach.com, right? Yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> right? Okay, the yes. limitlesscoach.com. And tell us just about your private coaching. Just sure. Because sure. I so over the years, you've coached <laughs> me many times. And boy, everything that you coach me on has stuck with me over the years. And maybe that's why I'm successful. Maybe that's why. I'm not so successful, so successful. I'm not sure, but tell us about your coaching. Sure. And thank you, Mike. And of course, I wouldn't dream of claiming uh, a fraction of your success. You're a remarkable human being. We're the day I met you, but I've always felt honored that you let me play a role in your life from time to time. So uh, for me, uh, coaching, I, also, I even have you coach university where I actually train coaches. I train and certify them uh, because there are different kinds of coaching. There's a kind that, you know, your, your, your next door neighbor and his neighbor and his neighbor, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a life coach. And what they're doing is just really giving uh, advice based on their life experience. And, uh, and that's, that's nice, but it's highly subjective. And, and so it's not the kind of coaching I do. I, everything I do is based on principles, uh, science, and not a woo-woo guy. It's based on proven science, uh, and they're usually universal principles that apply to anyone, anywhere. Uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, it's the one-on-one the -on -one co coaching I do isn't scalable. Uh, at any given time, I'm only coaching 10 people. That's it. Uh, because I, get, I climb in, inside of their head so deeply that if it's more than 10 people, I just, I, I don't know how you doctors do it when, when, when you have 50 patients or 500 patients. 
how do you keep them straight? I'm sure you have extensive notes, which I also keep, but, uh, but the reason why I've developed all my other programs, the, my courses and curriculum and, uh, and so on, is so I could reach a much larger audience. I'd like to reach 20% of the planet with some of the insights I'm teaching, because uh, if we had that percentage of the planet were truly enlightened and living compassionate lives, we could, we could save the world. So when it comes back to my one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's I, I coach clients, they sign up for a year and we meet once a week for 75 minutes. They, uh, and, and I find out, they take a balance test and find out what thing in their lives, what, what's missing, what areas they need to build and to get balance in their life and what are their greatest aspirations, their greatest challenges. And we go after each one, but all the while, I'm just using those as a backdrop to teach them bigger principles. Yeah, their challenges will be met and their goals will be met. And yeah, they'll make more money and all that fun stuff. But it's mostly um, giving them tools that they will spend the week applying to their life and mastery. I always tell them, listen, this 75 minutes a week is the least important part of our coaching. It's what you do for the next week, how you apply them to your life. And then each week we build and build on that. And so there's a lot of accountability. And by the end of the year, um, they'll look back and they say, I, I don't know that guy. I don't recognize that person. I am so much happier, more fulfilled and more in control of my life. So probably um, answered that question to your satisfaction. Yes, I think you did a great job. <laughs> well, that's great. And so again, you know, thank you so much for doing this. And like I said, I think we've had a nice kind of bird's eye view of what it is that, that you do. And now I think in, in the subsequent uh, podcasts that uh, people will be able to watch, we're going to dive a little deeper into individual thoughts. Yeah. And uh, so thanks, Mark Fournier. His website is thelimitlesscoach.com. We'll put a little blurb down at the bottom. Check it out if you want to get more information. But in the meantime, stay tuned for another podcast with uh, Mark coming soon. You guys, awesome. I could do this hey. all day long. I love where you're coming from. Great questions. You're both pretty enlightened guys. So I have a feeling that every interview you do is fabulous. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Mark. Right. Take care. All right. I, I intend to. <laughs> Happy Saturday.